Welcome to the Screw It Podcast with the Joneses, Carlos and Jordan Jones. If you've ever come face to face with faith or failure, this podcast is for you. We talk about it all. The good, the bad, the real, the wrong. From relationships to redemption, from business to finance, race, religion, politics, injustice, and more. If you've said screw it to it, we're probably talking about it. Which will you choose? Join our hosts now, Carlos Jones and Jordan Jones for the Screw It Podcast. Hello, hello, and good morning. Hello, Mike. And good morning, and thank you all for joining us here at the Screw It Podcast. Come on, everybody say it with me. The Screw It Podcast. Exactly. We want to thank you all for joining us this morning. We have a very special guest with us this morning. I'm going to allow Pastor Carlos to bring her up. But before we bring her up, I want to tell you a little bit about the Screw It Podcast. Here at the Screw It Podcast, we're able to go into our lives. We unpack my life, Pastor Carlos' life. And also, we have a special guest live so we unpack. What we do in that is we're able to see moments where we either could have chose uh, to go the opposite way of faith or we either could have chose to move in toward faith. And when we choose to move in toward faith, that's where we say screw it. So right now we're getting ready to unpack a life that I know is going to bless you, Pastor Carlos. It's on you. Take it away. Hey, I am Pastor Carlos, the host of the Screw It Podcast, and today we have an awesome guest. We are re-recording part one uh, because the devil tried to screw it up on the first one. We said, screw it, let's do it over again, and so we have Eva Ori. It's not Hori, it's Ori because the H is silent. I learned that first one, and we're going to make sure that we do that. Just a little bit of information about Kiva. She is the author of Glamorous Sacrifice, Life in the Shadow of Championship, and it's a memoir. Kiva is also an ordained minister and is pursuing her master's in counseling. Kiva is a mother and former wife of seven-time NBA basketball player Robert Ory, the H is silent. Kiva and Robert have a 21-year-old son and experienced the loss of their daughter at the tender age of 17. We're going to unpack that. An intense battle uh, with H1P3 syndrome, which required extraordinary care for special needs. Uh, let's roll back and then we can do a fast forward. All right. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you've been up to, what's been going on, uh, and we'll catch up there and then we'll start. There. Okay. Well, um from, well, since the pandemic, <laughs> uh, I think it's caused all of us, the whole world, to kind of just stop and reflect and um, forced us to focus on, on discipline. And that's what it's done for me. And I am now enrolled in school, uh, getting my master's in, master in uh, marriage and family counseling. And I'm also getting a certification in Christian counseling at the same time. Okay. And uh, just finished um, the last chapter of my second book, and have already started on my on my third. So um, yeah, so at the moment I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee, beautiful mountains. I spent uh, kind of decompressing, if you will, in uh, in the mountains. And um, my family lives here. My mother lives here, and. So I wanted to fill that love tank, and, and I'll be headed back in a couple of hours back to Houston. So, yeah. All right. That is, that is awesome. So you have three books, so you can check out her 
second and third book that's coming up. They were produced in the pandemic. It's a pandemic sauce on it. So you want to make sure that you can be a part of that. But we really want to talk about your original book, uh, The Glamorous Sacrifice. The Glamorous Sacrifice. And so what was it that inspired you to put this on paper? What was it that wanted you to put this in black and white to share your story with the world? Uh, what's funny behind Glamorous Sacrifice is that I had no intentions, was not aware that it was going to be a book. I started work on it as a senior project uh, to finish up my undergrad degree that I started years ago. And uh, I, I left school uh, in 1993. And, no, I'm sorry, 1992. And moved to Houston, um, started a family, all, all of that, and uh, decided... Mm, 2007 that I I needed to finish unfinished business so I went back to school and the first four chapters of that book was part of my senior project uh, in order to graduate <laughs> so later on I mean I just got I had no title I had no nothing I just that was the first four chapters were just a story that I had to come up with for and it happened to be a true story um, about my life and my life with my daughter. And as time went on, it became what is now a published piece of work. And I'm very proud of it. It gives homage to my daughter who was born with special needs. She had a um, chromosome abnormality. Now is known as 1P36 deletion syndrome. And uh, ultimately, she came to complications of that uh, illness. So uh, I'm very proud of that. Um, and I'm also very proud of something that was birthed in me, um, the desire to write, uh, because I never have. <laughs> I hate actually. And I'm sure you all can relate in, in English class and in school where you have to do the journal entries or read a story and write the comprehension, you know, just write about what you understood about what you read. Well, uh, yeah, I, I kind of prefer writing about things that I like to write about. So right. <laughs> discovered well, so it by accident. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, that's so beautiful. You, you keep uh, speaking about your daughter. You keep playing your daughter in here. And your book is, is you know, it's written a lot about your daughter. So can you speak more about those screwed moments that went through in writing the book and then also that screwed moment that you went through when you first heard about the news about your daughter? Oh, my gosh. Uh, the screw it moment when it came to the book was the whole book. Like, screw it all the way through. <laughs> I can't do this. And then it became a part, it, it was a God thing. It really was. He just kept nudging my heart. I, that's what I call it. God nudges, um, kept nudging my heart over and over again. What, it didn't matter what time of day. Most of the times it was three and four in the morning when I was real sleepy and irritable and didn't want to get up, but he made me get up anyway. I know that sounds really crazy, but it is so true. There were times where I had dreams. I, I keep notepads everywhere, by my bed, in, in the kitchen, in my car. Um, so when I get those quick um, uh, ideas or inspirations uh, that he gives me, 
And I I have to jot them down before I forget. You know, I'm 49 and I'll be 50 this year and his brain don't remember things like he used to. Turn up, 2021. (laughs) (laughs) So I, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, the whole way through was like a screw it type of thing. Even up until the publishing day, I was like, screw it. Do we have to do this? Do we have to? And the reason behind that was, you know, I'm, I'm one, I'm very private. Um, I choose to share what I want to share, uh, and who I want to share it with. And I think most of us are that way. But for me, um, the primary fear was the vulnerability that I had to be vulnerable in front of the world, in front of the masses. And, Ultimately, it had to come down to even this is not about you. It's bigger than you. And it really was not even about my daughter. It was about putting God first and foremost in the center of everything and watching what he did through her life and how I was able to document all of that. And I know that it's going to, no matter what, I mean, I knew the money would come as a byproduct of just selling a product, but the message, the valuable message, um, that could be taken away from this was totally beyond me, totally beyond my daughter. And that's what I had to focus on. So my prayer had become at that point, okay, God, this is it. I know the release is coming. I can't change the day. I can't change the time. Whoever needs this, whoever needs to receive what you have for them to receive, let them receive it. I give it to you. So once I turned it over, that was it. (laughs) So let's back up because I know that this session one in this podcast, uh, enemies been screwing with it, but I know that your heart is for parents that are dealing with uh, news about their children, uh, the unsettling news, and we know that came for you at the hospital. Uh, and so I just want to back up and talk about that first moment, that experience, you in the hospital, what was Robert, what was going on, and if you can recap that, I know you've told the story a million times, but it's so powerful and so impactful. Excuse me. Um... Gosh, when I first heard the news, I had given birth to my daughter. I mean, literally given birth to her. And I started making phone calls to my friends and family back home in Alabama. Um, Then she was born, her out, you know, the weight and height, all of that good stuff, you know, that first moms do. And I realized the time kept going by, like hours had gone by. And they had not brought my child back to me. And so my mother was there. My mother-in-law was there. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, something's not right. And I just started feeling an uneasiness inside. And uh, both of them exited the room. I guess they were going to find out what, you know, had gone to the, where they had the nursery with all the babies. And, um, they came back in the room and said, uh, I said, well, what's going on? Please tell me something. I said, are they coming with her? And I remember my mother-in-law saying, just hold tight. The doctor's coming. That was an, you know, 
an answer yeah. that I really did not expect. Like, why is the doctor coming? I just need the baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he did come and let me know that Ashlyn um, was having problems breathing and they didn't know why. Uh, this was had become an emergency situation. They were going to have to life flight her to Texas Children's Hospital. And I, I just lost it. Like, nobody, they still didn't have answers. Like, well, why? And he says, well, we are sending her to Texas Children's to find out those answers because we aren't equipped for that here. So here I am, way over on Derry Ashford. Uh, I think it was Southwest Memorial Hospital on Derry Ashford. She was going to Texas Children's, and I could not be there with her, which was the most terrifying and horrific feeling <clears throat> that I think I have ever had. Um, here she was, my first child, fighting for her life, and I couldn't be there because of my own health. So I had just given birth, learned that she needed uh, immediate medical attention, okay. as in NICU, like ICU, and my blood pressure shoots up, and I almost die um, okay. in the process of this. So I, I was taken, <clears throat> well, actually, they released me to go home because I didn't say anything to them about the headaches that I was feeling or the, I, I was having symptoms. I just didn't know what they were. Yeah. Well, they released me to go home. I'm angry. Um, because again, I can't be with my daughter. I just have birth, you know, given birth. And so you're just all open and susceptible to all these things. And finally, by the second day I had to call my doctor. The headaches were just excruciating. And I wasn't feeling myself. Um, he told my husband at the time to bring me into his office right away, like right then. I did. My blood pressure was off out of the roof. And he said, I cannot let you leave here. You have to stay put. He cut, closed the blinds. He, he didn't give me anything. He just right, right at that moment, he just wanted me to calm down. And I'm like, I can't calm down because I know my child is over there. I can't be with her. She's around strange people, you know. Um, she hadn't even heard my voice good, you know. So um, my husband's sitting there. He starts crying. I was like, what are you crying for? <laughs> like, you're, not getting off you're not getting off this easy. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so... <laughs> Thank God for the power of prayer. <laughs> Me. But um, eventually it did start coming down. It stayed kind of, you know, a bit elevated, but it wasn't as high as it was. I mean, it was dangerously high. And um, I pitched a fit till the doctor said it was okay that I could go to Texas Children's as long as I stayed in the wheelchair, as long as I did this, this, and this. You know, there were stipulations and I couldn't stay long. It's like, okay. Fine. All I wanted to do was get to her, sing to her, talk to her so she would know my voice and my scent and, you know, all of that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's how it all began. Uh, and Robert actually was not there the day that I gave birth. This is so crazy. 
he the Rockets were playing Los the Los Angeles Lakers in Houston. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Um, yeah, I believe that. Yes, that was right. Lakers were playing in Houston, and he came to see her after the game. He didn't get away. I I don't know if he was too scared to say something because it was his you know his rookie season, whatever. So fast forward five years later, when I had my son in Houston, the, the NBA had just come off of a lockout and the Rockets were playing LA in LA on the day <laughs> that my son was born. So it was so crazy. Was <laughs> yeah. Connection with LA. And he did ultimately go there playing <laughs> for seven well, years. It's it's so it's so funny, Miss Kiva, that you uh, begin to talk about that because that was the next uh, question I was on. Actually, this is actually like a two part question. Um, for uh, so the first thing I want to ask you, your faith. What did that do to your faith uh, in God? Did you say screw it, there is no God? Because I know when I went through a, a situation like that, I did the same thing. Or did you say screw it and push more toward God? God, I know you're gonna pull me through. God, I know that this is a part of your plan. What did you go through at that moment? Because I know a lot of moms, you know, may have the same thing that you deal with, and not just moms, but people in general who go through traumatic experiences. What did you say uh, towards your faith? Wow. Well, first off, I'll say I was so young. I was 22 when I had my daughter. I turned 23 just a few months after. And you you learn all these things growing up you grow to go to church faithfully you're taught to pray you're taught to read your bible you're t- but when you're actually faced with putting it into real practice and yeah. putting it to the test yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> so that was like okay time practice time is up you know yeah. Uh, learning time is up. This this is for real. Yeah. And it made me learn the difference between faith and trust. They are two totally different things. You can have faith. And thank God we all do have a measure of faith. It's up to us to, to exercise that muscle to keep building it. But trust... When you learn to trust God and give it to him, I had no choice, had no choice. No amount of money was going to fix this situation necessarily um, because later I found out it was really life or death. Um, And that was a 17 year long road of that life or death situation. There were revolving doors of nurses and therapists and doctor visits and ICU visits over the course of 17 years. So my faith and my trust was put to test every single day. And I oftentimes um, tell people that I feel like my life could be almost compared to Job's when, when Satan asked God for his permission to, to tamper with his life. Let me get at her. Let me get at her. Let me, and God allowed it almost, you know, just like, I already know what she's going to do. And every time, you know, it came harder at me. Life came harder. The punches came harder. I go at him harder. I press into him harder. And that's yeah. what I do. So that's all I knew to do. I call it my default setting. 
It is. <laughs> that's all I know to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the word screw it because it has two, two different definitions. On one side, you can say screw it like, nah, screw it, I'm not doing it. Or the one that we talk about the most is screw it. I will point towards faith and I, I'm allow God to do his thing, you know? Absolutely. And so I, I pointed toward the latter of those screwings. But here, here's the second question that I wanted to ask you. And I think that this question is very deep because I know that uh, not only a lot of uh, women deal with this, but a lot of marriages deal with this. So what would you say to someone who's dealing, uh, who's in a marriage, but they may feel like they're by, your, by themselves? I know that you spoke about you being in the hospital and giving birth to your daughter. Uh, Mr. Robert was you know, away. And then I, I heard you speak of other times where you, know, you had experiences where you had to do things for yourself. At that moment, when you say, screw it, I'm, I'm, I'm in this by myself. I'm almost a single parent. Or at that moment, do you say, screw it, I want to try to be able to person understand how I feel. What, what kind of, can you kind of walk us through that? Ooh, um, you know, being such a young couple, and I'm not using that as a concession or an excuse, um, sometimes you don't know to do what you need to do until you know to do it. Well, one of us got that message and the other one didn't. So, so what you want to do? <laughs> Huh? I'm not going to say which one did. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do that, but uh, you'll figure it out. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, it's very difficult. It's very, very, very difficult. And I will say this, that the, um, the divorce rate amongst um, marriages who have kids with disabilities of any sort is extremely high. But that is not why my marriage dissolved. Um, it was tough. It was very tough. I think that he, uh, Robert definitely had an outlet that I did not, um, going to work every day, had friends, had his, had his teammates, had, you know, he had several outlets and I didn't, I just had to take care of my daughter. And, um, I've heard people say to me, even after reading my book, um, well, you could have put her in a home or you could, that was never an option. Never, no way, period. Um, whether we had the money or not, whether it, it just, it was never an option. Um, so yes, it's very trying. I think it was very difficult for him to come off the road um, uh, from, from work or whatever outlets it was to see his daughter suffering or see those times when she was in the hospital. And, um, he, re he, re it was heartbreaking for him as it was for me, but that had become my life. Um, so it wasn't foreign. It wasn't in my head. It's like, okay, God, I'm, I'm praying for her total healing every day. I mean, it was a progressive healing. Um, but ultimately, and I don't speak about this in the book, so you guys are getting kind of some firsthand information here. My daughter's death ultimately was caused because of an internal suffoca suffocation. Um, what I mean by that is her rib cage did not uh, grow with her body. And there was no way to gauge that along the way. Um, so it did not allow for her lungs to bellow in and out to full capacity like yours and mine. Um, we flew in surgeons, experts from 
two, three different places in, in the world and uh, trying to find a solution. It's surgery. Okay, can we, can we take out one rib or two ribs? Can we? But that would complicate some other things uh, because of her anatomy and how she was naturally um, uh, created. So that is ultimately what happened. Um, was I bitter? Was I angry? No, not at all. I, I had a peace because I knew that we had done all that we could, um, to keep her here. And, uh, what I have learned since the day she passed is that she fulfilled her purpose and, uh, I'm at peace with Wow, that's amazing. So, Christian, I know we this part. You're 49, about to be 40 this year. What would you tell your 22 year old self? You could give her any wisdom at the onset of this journey that she was about to take place. Woo! <laughs> Hold on, baby, because you about to take a real, <laughs> a real difficult ride. Oh my gosh! Um, mm. You know, I don't believe in living life with regrets. I think that everything, every decision, every choice we make uh, comes with consequences, whether we want them or not, whether the choice is good, bad, or indifferent, everything has a consequence. So I, I don't say that I, I would choose anything differently. Um, what I would say is that I, I would sit in the moment differently. I would, I've now learned that adversity, that challenges, that trials, that screw it moments, are there for a reason they're there to grow you and you cannot cannot rush those processes you can't you have to, you can't leave a situation sooner than you're supposed to mm. by the same token you can't sit in that situation longer than you're supposed to so it's not even about discernment it's about really being able to just know in your spirit, in your gut, in your soul that, okay, it's time. I can't sit here anymore. I've, I've learned everything I need to know to take flight to, to that next mountaintop until God has something else for me to learn. Wow. Yes, ma'am. Well, Ms. Keeper, I, I want to thank you so much for your openness and your transparency. That's one thing that we talk about on uh, this podcast that we be our team hope. That's real true. And today you, you've shown us that. And so we want to thank you for that. I, I love uh, following you on Instagram. Your inspiration quotes are so amazing. Uh, I love seeing everything that your son is doing with his football career and how much you absolutely love Alabama Roll Tide. Uh, <laughs> everything Roll <laughs> Tide. But he. He plays for a and he goes to A and M, <laughs> so okay. it's real. It's weird, yes. really weird, but yes, I I, yes, yes, yes. It's fun though. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> that uh, inspiration that you show uh, is, is so beautiful up there. 
so before we close out, things I want to ask you for. One, tell us where your Kiva is coming. We know that you spoke about those two amazing things that's going on. But then uh, what other big plans and big things do you have coming up? And then also, where can we find you? Where can we find your books? And how can we get in touch with you if that's something that I will be able to do? Well, um, what's in store for me? You know what? 2021 has now begun. And I am just praying that... Uh, God increases my creativity, my, you know, to, um, produce more, not in terms, you know, it's not, I've never been driven by money. Um, I'm driven by my heart and however I can reach people, uh, through the creativity, um, that he gives me that it will reach other people's heart. That's what I pray for, that he just expands my creativity, um, expands my ministry, and uh, look for more books this year coming from me. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. Um, and really looking forward to my, uh, well, getting my degree in marriage and family counseling. That's a two-year program, but I'll have my certification in Christian counseling this May. So All right. <laughs> happy about that um so yeah just just looking forward to him working through me and helping other people um you know uh, get and grasp the revelations that he's given to me um so i i'm a firm believer that we don't go through challenges and, and trials in our lives to keep it to ourselves uh, they're supposed to move through us so that we can help other people. And I just feel like I have a heart of service and I'm, I'm excited to, to help as many people as I can. So that's about it. Um, and the way to get glamorous sacrifice, um, the life in the shadow of championships is amazon.com by Kiva Ori. And the forward is written by Vanessa Williams, the singer, actress, Miss, uh, America. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> and I am on my social media platform is, uh, Kiva Devel Ori on Facebook and KD Ori on, um, Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. Awesome. Do you have a website? It is under construction, but yes, I do. It is Ashlyn Ori, www.ashlynoryfoundation.org. Okay. Good, good, good. good. Well, we appreciate this. We know we have part two coming up because this can only, only, only consume a little bit, a little portion of your story. And it was very different today, but I think you are taking those deep dives uh, because I think it was some great wisdom there. The thing that I got from you that I'm probably going to quote, you probably will see it and it probably will wind up in the sermon. You can't rush or a growth moment. You can't rush a season or a growth moment. Uh, you have to sit in it until it's ready to be served. And so uh, that's powerful testament to me. And I'm so grateful and so thankful uh, for you joining us and being on here uh, with us, be able to share with the world. Hey, screw it. We're going to do it. Two more books coming soon, guys. Go follow her. Go support her. Like everything that she has and laugh at all of her road tie uh, posts <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You were talking about uh, Vanessa Williams. I wanted to tell you growing up, that was my biggest crush. Uh, I never forget seeing her on the Michael Jackson uh, American Dream. And she had to see stuff on the plane. I was like, ah, oh, Vanessa Williams. But I'm mad now, so screw it. She missed her chance. <laughs> Hey guys, we want to thank y'all so much for joining us today. Our hope is to use this platform to inspire hope through the real talk about life. 
to bridge the divide gap between the church and the unchurched. So if you've ever been outcast, given up, felt like a failure, a loser, lost what you thought would have been a huge win, you are not alone. Listen, we're right there with you. We all have the hints, and that's why this podcast is to bring you, show you the transparency and the authenticity of what we're going through, just like we're going through it, just as you are. Because one thing that we say each and every week as we close out this podcast is that in life, we go through it, just do it. Screw it. We love you. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it as you go along your week. Always remember to love, live, and lead. We love you. Peace. Miss Kiva. Thank you, Kiva. We love you. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for joining the Screw It Podcast with the Joneses, Carlos and Jordan Jones. If you've ever come face to face with faith or failure, this podcast is for you. Keep up with the podcast. Follow the Screw It Podcast hashtag. Get the book available now on Amazon and join us for another episode real soon.